Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. And hello and welcome to Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim Fernandez and I am your host. And let's see, where are we? What is going on? How is the world? Well, oh, I feel like I have vocal fry. Um, so I got my vaccine yesterday. So that's pretty, my first shot. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I got the AstraZeneca one. Um, it was, it was dead easy. Um, I know it's not near as effective as say Pfizer or Moderna, but it's still a greater chance of protection than not having it at all. So that's kind of why I, uh, I've jumped for that. And the, I don't have any side, so it's been... I got it at four o'clock yesterday. It's 9.30 now. Um, so, you know, it's been over 12 hours. And I actually feel okay, except for my arm is so sore. <laughs> I got, like I got punched by the rock or something like that, right in my arm with all his might. And it hurts pretty bad. And it's very, very stiff too. But that's usually what I get when I get, say, the flu vaccine. So I'm not surprised by this at all. I do have a couple friends that have uh, gotten some pretty, pretty impressive side effects. Uh, fever, chills, headaches, um, feeling like they're completely hungover or like they've been hit by a truck, body aches and whatnot. I don't seem to have that. So consider me lucky. Uh, we'll see. I think they can come out sort of anywhere within 12 to 24 hours. So we'll see how I am tomorrow. I'm hoping that if by later tonight I am actually fine, then I should be able to work no problem tomorrow. So there you go. And let's see. Um, what else we got? Oh, okay. So Weight Watchers. Sorry, I have a list. <laughs> Ow just move my phone. Uh, Weight Watchers is uh, going well. I'm back on points today. Uh, not today, like earlier this week. It's Friday right now. You guys hear this on Wednesdays, but I, uh, I it's Friday right now for me. Basically in my living room, sitting in the dark. Uh, I have one child who's dead asleep. I have one child who has, will be starting her next quadmester in about half an hour. And I have another child who is studying for an exam. So it's quiet time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Weight Watchers is going good. I am back under the goal weight that I had before for myself. So even though I took a week off of points counting and things like that, I went up a little and uh, I've gone back down. I think I gained about a pound when I went off tracking my points and really not considering what was what I was eating. So it's... Uh, 
it's good. Uh, tomorrow is eat out night. Uh, I'm working, but it's also eat out night. And I have gotten some crudite. <laughs> oh, no, that's not right. Charcuterie <laughs> for uh, for probably Sunday. I don't know. We'll see how I feel on Monday or on Saturday. Um, my friend's husband, uh, she was posting pictures of the charcuterie board that he made and good Lord, it was beautiful. So I think I might, I think I might step up and do that for myself as well. And yeah, let's see what else we got here. Um, so we were talking in the podcast that I do with my friends, uh, the pragmatic doulas this week that will be put out on Monday. So, uh, a couple days before this episode, the, we were talking about shaming. So I had a friend who put on her and she's a doula. And I think there's a lot of people in the doula world and the birthing world that are like, I don't necessarily like the term anti-vaxxer because it feels incredibly negative, but there are people that have chosen not to vaccinate their children. Um, and there are people that are choosing a more natural way of doing things. And, and I get it. It's certainly not who I am. Um, that is never sort of who I've been. There's only been one vaccine that I really was concerned about my kids getting. And that's just because it hadn't necessarily been tested uh, as much. And that's the HPV virus. <clears throat> so, but other than that, oh, and the chickenpox virus. My kids already had the chickenpox. So we never bothered getting them the chickenpox vaccine. Um, but she had, my friend had posted that, uh, she was getting the vaccine shot on whatever day it was. And of course, being in the birthing world, everybody kind of descends upon you. Well, not everybody, but there's a, there's a chunk of people that will descend upon you and, and start posting, you know, YouTube videos of kind of crack science and, you know, why are you doing this to yourself and you're harming yourself and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And look, if that's who you are and that's who you, you think you know, that's how you view things, fine. But please don't come to me who has, and, and her response was great. It was basically the, the same thing. You know, don't come to me thinking that I haven't done my research. Don't come at me thinking that I haven't weighed all the pros and cons and I haven't done a benefits risk analysis that I haven't, you know, laid everything out and read the studies because I have. And that's what doulas do. We look at the studies, we read the information, we look at, you know, reputable science, um, reputable, reputable medical sites. We talk to people, we talk to, you know, midwives, doctors, you know, whoever. We do our research before we jump into things. And that's, and it's funny when we were talking with the kids um, about their vaccines and whatnot, we actually had them do their own research when they had to get um, the vaccines in grade seven and and eight. Um, we made them sit down and, and look at, we didn't do this with my first son, but we did this with my second and my and my daughter, you know, sit down and, and look at the research and, and look at what's going on in the world and, and look at what people are saying. And, and, you know, you make your own decision, you know, yeah, they were 12 years old at the time, but it helps to give them that autonomy that, you know, this is my body and I get to decide what happens to it. So, you know, that's definitely something to consider. 
Um, but anyways, I think one thing that I'm, I'm kind of getting to the point of irritation with on social media, particularly with COVID, but um, just in general, it's an issue is the shaming that we do of parents and women in particular for the decisions that they make. You know, you if you don't agree with what I'm doing, if you don't agree with, you know, the choices that I'm making, that's on you and you you keep that to yourself. But, you know, unless I am and this is we learn this as as postpartum doulas, you know, the decisions that parents make are not our own. Um we don't, we don't, you know, we get to offer them the information. We get to offer them the evidence-based information. But after that, that's on them. They get to decide how to raise their child. And as long as nobody is being physically um, hurt or abused um, emotionally, um, mentally, physically, then that's their kid. And they kind of get to decide, right? And it's the same thing as you know, human grown up adults. That is their choice. It's funny, you, you see on on moms groups and stuff, you know, somebody will ask a simple question. And so many people will come out and a very specific question. Um, and so many people will come out with wrong answers, complete and utter shaming, um, answers that act like they didn't even read the question. Um, people yelling at the people who gave the wrong answers or didn't read the question. And through, you know, a hundred comments, that parent has to like sift through and go, is there anything in there that is here that is actually going to help me? Um, The answer is probably not. So, you know, (laughs) good luck. But I think if you're getting, you know, if you're in a mom's group and, and that's kind of the answers and whatnot that are coming out when somebody asks a simple question, despite you, you know, offering good information, <clears throat> then, oh my God, listen to my voice. <clears throat> then, you know, maybe you need to get out of that group because I think the only way to combat these groups is to either start our own, um, which is what I did with my prenatal class, or, you know, just leave them and, and, and look for real live human people to connect with, um, as opposed to faceless, potentially non-moms, um, and trolls and whatnot in mom's groups. And let, we got to stop the shaming. We got to stop the shaming on social media. Don't, don't come at me with, with your crap. Don't, when I post something, it's because I've made a benefit risk analysis of my options and I create and and I own the decision that I've made. So period. Um, so today I thought I would uh, talk about uh, the last weeks of your pregnancy. We kind of get into this, you know, especially as we're coming into summer months and we get into these final weeks of pregnancy and it's like, oh, I do not want to be pregnant anymore. Please, I don't want to be pregnant anymore, you know, and, and so many people, you know, in the final months of their pregnancy are like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go early. And that always kind of makes me chuckle um, because unless you're actually being induced, if we left you to your own devices, you probably would not go early um, or before 40 weeks. That's it's more common now, um, but not, that's only because of inductions. Now, um, 
as I say, I'm going to talk about inductions at some other point in time, but doing an induction without a medical reason really is not necessarily a good thing. And that's my opinion. Okay. Um, and I'll talk more about that when I actually sit down and work out and write out um, a discussion on inductions. But those final weeks of pregnancy, they suck. We know it. They suck. They're the worst. The only thing worse than being 39 weeks pregnant is being 40 weeks pregnant or 41 weeks pregnant or being 40 weeks pregnant in the middle of a heat wave, um, in the middle of a pandemic. I know it all sucks, but it's definitely, those are not reasons for inductions. There are definitely things that you can do to mitigate those feelings of anxiousness, nervousness, maybe excitement that you want to get things moving along. So let's talk a little bit about that. The there, when you go into labor and this baby is born, your entire world is going to change. So I think it's, and, and that's a good thing. I'm not saying that that's, that's a good thing, but there might be times when you actually mourn the old life that you had pre-baby. So I think it's important in these final weeks of pregnancy to enjoy them, actually listen to what's going on around you, you know, prep for the pending birth, pack your bag, make sure that you've, you know, all your lists are in a, all your lists are, you know, checked off, you know, look at, um, what was I going to say? Look at, uh, the baby clothes and wash everything and fold everything and put it away and, and spend your time sort of dealing with that stuff. Look at your postpartum period. Have you planned for your postpartum period? And there's lots of stuff out there and I'll probably do an episode on what to, what to plan for your postpartum period. But I think sometimes we have so, we spend so much time throughout the entire pregnancy, which let's be honest, are really long now, not because they're actually longer, but because we know so much sooner, our brains were not necessarily designed to, you know, as, as evolution or as we have evolved as a species and, and technological advancements and stuff. Um, what do we got? Like pioneer, you know, mama, cave mama, they would never have known they were pregnant until, you know, stuff started happening until, you know, maybe they did start getting nauseous or maybe there was a missed period or they started showing things like that. Nowadays, we know so much sooner. We know like three days before (laughs) our missed period. So yeah, these, these things feel so incredibly long. And yeah, That's why you get to like the eighth month or 36 month and you're like, oh, I don't want to be this way anymore because you're not supposed, you weren't supposed to know a month prior. You weren't supposed to know for the four weeks beforehand. Now, um, thinking about your postpartum period and, you know, planning for that because as I was, as I go off on a tangent, as I usually do, um, and get interrupted by my children and all of that noise, um, the, we spend so much time in pregnancy, you know, planning for the actual birth itself, which is maybe, you know, 24 hours out of your life. We tend to ignore the fact that there is a a period of time when you're going to get home and yeah, 
now you got to do something with this child. Now you got to do something with this baby. And you still have to eat and rest and do laundry and pay your bills and do all the things that you did as a as an adult human before the baby came. But now you got to do it with a human that wants to feed on you constantly. So have you planned for that? Have you looked into that? I talked when I talked about my the books that I that I like, um, the Build Your Nest. Is that what it's called? I think that's what it's called. Yes. Build Your Nest by Kestrel Gates. Again, it's a workbook that's going to have, you know, lots of um, plans and uh, things to think about and things to remember to to look at for the postpartum period. So definitely, you know, start sitting down and planning. What are you going to eat? How are you going to get sleep? Where's baby going to sleep? How are the two of you going to stay connected as, as a couple? Um, who can help you? These are things that you need to think about during your, during your pregnancy so that the postpartum period doesn't seem so overwhelming. But keep in mind too that the plans that you make for your postpartum period are going to have to be super flexible depending on uh, you know, what happens afterwards, how the birth went, how the after, how things went afterwards. So have some plans made or at least some ideas about how your postpartum period is going to go. Who's going to do what? Um, consider, you know, the fact that again, that, you know, it is the two of you pre-birth and then it's the three of you post-birth and that couple is now a threesome. So how is that going to affect your relationship? Maybe a good idea prior to having the baby is to actually spend the final weeks of your pregnancy reconnecting as a couple. I think sometimes we get, you know, when you're pregnant, it tends to be all about the bump. It's all about the bump. It's all about the bump. And that is great. But have you considered you know, what about the two of you? So, and if obviously, if you are a single parent, single by choice parent, um, obviously this isn't going to apply to you, but for those in couple relationships, you know, so, sometimes that relationship has to go away for a while afterwards, you know, while you're recovering from a human exiting your body and you are, um, you know, trying to keep this human alive. Well, look at the final weeks of pregnancy and maybe those are the times when you hang out together. Maybe those are the times where you, you know, start scheduling actual date nights and get into the habit of scheduling time together because that might be what has to happen after the baby comes too is scheduling time together, okay? And let's be honest, the love and the snuggles and the and the sex and everything um, before baby comes are the ways that's going to make baby come. So that's not a bad thing either. But definitely look at your relationship and, and try to, you know, have dinners together and make some plans to go for walks and, and, and all of that stuff. That's not a bad thing at all. So as I say, the final weeks of pregnancy can be exhausting. Um, they can be overwhelming. They can be something you want to end sooner than later. But let's, let's not jump to an induction if we don't have to. And in those final weeks of pregnancy, 
enjoy them. I know it sucks. Everything hurts and you feel like you weigh 8,000 pounds. You don't, um, but it feels like that. But enjoy this time when it's just the two of you. All right. All right. So uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk about uh, some early, kind of the early weeks, months, first year um, in general of having a new baby and some of the trends I've seen in the postpartum period or in the postpartum period, some trends I've seen in Facebook groups and whatnot. All right. Thanks. And I'm back with, uh, talking about what to do or what, what I see happening with, uh, birthing or birthed parents, um, in the first few days, first few weeks, first few months, um, first year really after baby comes into the world. That's a year of first, right? That's a year of, I don't know this human. I don't know what's going on with this creature. This is happening. That's happening. And it's, and it's crazy. And yes, there are many, many, many books written about this. Um, but we have to remember that the book for your baby has not been written yet. So you're the one that's going to write the book. So what I've noticed as a trend on social media is new parents. And I, I don't want this to sound like a criticism because it's not because I'm almost 100% sure I probably did the same thing. Um, though I don't really remember, but there's you'll have, you'll fall into what I call a rhythm of life where baby is napping and baby is sleeping and baby's doing this, and baby's doing that. And that's sort of the way things go. And maybe it's been that way for a couple of weeks or a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And then suddenly something happens. We don't know what has happened, but suddenly baby's not sleeping the way they used to, or, um, they're being very cranky for whatever reason or things like that. And, Suddenly, the parent thinks, and I'm not going to lie, that usually is the, the birth parent that, uh, the birthed parent that has uh, these kind of thoughts and, and issues. And, and I say that only because they're the one that's usually spending all their time with the baby. So suddenly, you know, something is, something has changed. And now it's like, well, yesterday baby did this and now they're doing this. What's wrong? Well, and I, let's talk about it in the, in the guise of sleep. Baby, you know, has been sleeping, you know, X, Y, Z, and this is what's been happening. And then suddenly yesterday they stopped doing that. So yesterday, one day has changed. One thing has changed. But I think and we don't know what it is, and it doesn't necessarily matter. I think sometimes we we think we almost, if we look at our pets, I don't want to, I probably shouldn't do this, but we look at our pets. Our pets do particular things, and they, they have a routine, and they have a flow, and, and that's just the way things go. But, and when something is off, we notice it, and it's usually something that's wrong, 100%, Right? But we have to remember with babies, they're not, they're humans. They're, they have 
good days and bad days, off days, off weeks. Look at your own life. Do you have a, a s- days where, you know, you just can't sleep or days where you're super exhausted and tired, even though you slept really good, where you're just super exhausted and tired and super cranky, where everything in your life pisses you off. Does that happen to you? So why wouldn't it happen to baby as well? We don't know what has caused this. And it could be something as simple as, you know, birds tripping outside, or, you know, maybe they've got a little bit of gastrointestinal upset, or maybe, and this is usually the case, and especially in the, those first, you know, f- five, six, seven, eight months, there's a lot of brain development that's happening. And every time, when we're, especially when we're talking about sleep disturbances, every time there is a shift in the brain's way of thinking, there's a shift in, you know, baby learning new things or, you know, their brain is expanding and what they know. The one thing that's going to happen is sleep's going to take a hit. And that's not a bad thing. It sucks for you. I know it. I know it sucks for you. But we have to remember that it's just a bad day. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong and it doesn't mean that we can fix it either. When you're in a bad mood, when you've had a bad night's sleep and you're cranky during the day, how do you fix it? You can't really. You just got to maybe get a better night's sleep or maybe you need a little bit of tender loving, you know, care or it's not about wake windows and the number of minutes, you know, that a baby sleeps and number of hours that a baby sleeps. Sometimes it's just a matter of, hey, mom, um, dad, whatever, my brain is shifting. I'm learning new things. I'm learning to eat new foods. I'm learning to move my body in different ways. I'm learning to scooch across the floor. Um, I'm learning to manipulate my world. I'm learning all these new things. And my brain is kind of an overload right now. So yeah, while I need sleep, I might be a little bit more cranky. I might be a little bit more, you know, maybe not getting the sleep that I need because of all the processing that's happening. So try to think of, of your baby as not a baby that to be, you know, not a lump of clay to be molded and shifted and created into something. They're all, they already are something. They already are a human being that has likes, dislikes, wants, needs, all of this stuff. The problem is, They don't speak to us and they can't tell us. So it's important to remember that when any sort of shift, any sort of change happens, it's not always a negative. Sometimes it's a matter that something is getting better. I remember when every time, so the period of time between like learning to crawl and walking, every time there was, you know, and the brain is a fabulous thing. I... I wish I knew more about it. Um, But children's babies' brains are so incredibly fascinating. Anytime their body is trying to learn something new. So yes, sleep will take a hit. But anytime anything is sort of newly being processed within their brain, the brain has a great capacity to sort of um, put away or uh, like not shut down, but sort of um, 
push off to the side something that they knew already had to do to focus on this new thing that they are learning. So sometimes it's like suddenly you're, you know, your baby isn't doing the, the things that they were doing before. They aren't, you know, um, picking things up or eating the foods that they like before, things like that, because their brain has sort of taken that whatever they knew and sort of shoved it aside so that they can learn this new thing. So when they finally learn this new thing, everything will start to blend together again. And they'll take that thing that had been sort of put away um, and integrate it back into their system. So baby's brain capacity, you know, they can really only focus on sort of one thing at a time. So all the things that they knew kind of got to go away for a bit while they focus on this new thing that they're learning. And then together they put everything together and then they start moving and growing again. So Try to think of your baby in, in, in terms of, you know, they're like an expanding, their brain is like an expanding computer memory um, processing unit that, you know, you know, when you have a computer, anytime you put something new onto it, um, it slows it down. <laughs> well, it's the same kind of thing here. However, with our brains, as opposed to with our computers, our brains will pick up the different, it, it will, it will create more space for these things to come in, but it's going to take a minute. So hang on. Don't, don't think that just because, you know, one day of not having a good sleep or having good naps or whatever, that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you, I will say though, however, if you are concerned, if you think there's something wrong, then 100% I want you to talk to your care provider about it. I want you to do, you know, go and find, you know, some support and whatnot for that. But let's, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I think her mother told her this, and I, and I use it with my mom a lot, actually. Let's not buy trouble. Okay, let's wait and see if what's happening is actually a problem or if it's just a trip in the road, if it's just a, um, it's just a little, you know, blip on the screen. It may not be anything huge and you may not be able to correct it because remember, as baby is growing and things shift and move and change, you know, that great sort of rhythm or routine that you had anytime something happens, and there is sort of a six-month growth spurt as well, um, is going to shift things slightly. And it may not be the routine that you had before, but it'll still be a routine or a rhythm. It's just going to be slightly different than what it was before. So hang in there, right? Hang in there and just let's try and treat our babies with, you know, like they're humans and not lumps of clay, right? So you got this. It's not, they're not that complicated really, despite feeling incredibly complicated. And, uh, and yeah, just if you've got a baby that sleeps really well through the night, you're golden. <laughs> if your baby's a little cranky during the day, eh, it's a small price to pay for 12 hours of sleep at night. Um, yeah. So that's my, that's my advice on parenting, um, little ones and that year of first. It's fun, wonderful, crazy. I'm glad that we get a year off maternity leave if you if you have it. I know I have I might have some people that listen in other countries than Canada. Um, in Canada, in Ontario, we do have 
uh, a year's maternity leave. So you've got a year or more actually in some cases to sort of watch this development of your new human. And it's really quite cool. So think about it that way. There, we are, they're basically fitting into your life, but you have to get to know who they are really as a person at the same time. So, and there's no book on that. It's that in itself, that's experience. And the second time you do this, if you choose to have another baby, it will be easier, but you won't be able to use the same book because we are talking about an, a completely different human being. And we all know every human being is different. So anyways, good luck with the first year. Good luck with the first few weeks, the first few months. Um, you got this. Thanks. Thanks.